Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. Today is episode 117 of the podcast, and I get to sit down with uh, a friend of mine, pastor, speaker, leader, Rob Ulmer. Now, um, this is an interesting conversation because actually, Rob didn't really want to come on the podcast, but the Holy Spirit led me to ask him, and he graciously said yes. He's in the midst of some transition. We talk about his favorite book of the Bible, and I bet you won't guess what it is, and just some incredible dialogue around Rob's story and what God has been revealing to him. I'll tell you guys that we are in the middle of this conversation, and as he started talking about Scripture, the Holy Spirit fell in the room in such a way it was palpable. It was so good. I think you're going to love this dialogue. You're going to love Rob's heart for Jesus and the way he it super practically helps us connect with God. If you do love the conversation, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, that way you don't miss any future episodes, and be sure to leave a rating or review on iTunes. We're trying to get to 100 reviews by the end of the year. It really does help people find us on all the different platforms. And then finally, the thing that you can do is the highest compliment is to share this episode with a friend. As you share, more and more people get to hear the message that God is using on this platform, and uh, I'm incredibly thankful for that. Hey, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we're a part of what's called the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network, and it's like-minded individuals doing kingdom work together. And so for more information on Spirit and Truth, do me a favor, check out their website, spiritandtruth.life. Uh, They're doing some incredible things for the kingdom of God. Now, without any further ado, here's my dear friend, Rob Ulmer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to be here today with uh, one of my dear friends, pastor, uh, leader, speaker, Rob Ulmer. Rob, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I, um, it's not very often that I will reach out to someone and ask them to be on the podcast just based off of a nudge from the Holy Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And, um, and your response was pretty classic because I, I felt like that you weren't really sure what we were going to talk about. Yeah, no, I I went home after you're like, Hey, we should get you on the podcast. And I was like, great. And I went home and I was like, Maggie, why? <laughs> like I was, Maggie is my wife, not just some random person. <laughs> I, but I was, I was like, why do you think Tony would want me on this podcast? And she said, I don't know. <laughs> and so that's that tells you about our relationship. Nothing, I mean, nothing like a little vote of confidence from the missus. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is, is that you've been going through a lot recently, yes, right? Man. You were in the midst of transition yeah. and. Uh, and I'm curious, man, what have you learned about God in this season of transition? And maybe if you could paint a picture a little bit about what transitions look like in your life recently. Right on. Transition. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm a pastor in Methodist Church. Yeah. Um, I, I am an elder in the United Methodist Church. <laughs> Which I, means? Which means I I don't know. No, no I, mean, <laughs> I know what it means. I'm ordained right. in the United Methodist Church. But I just love the title elder. I try to get my kids to call me that. <laughs> like, you call me elder, whatever, Dad. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've taken a season of voluntary leave uh, for different reasons that I won't get into right now. But it was really hard. Um praying about it, thinking about it, some things came up, and uh, not bad, but just things came up, and uh, talking with my wife about it, and <clears throat> stepping away from the, from the ministry, I was doing it in a church that just beautiful people, and that was hard and sad, but we felt, we just felt like this was the right thing to do for this season. Mm. So that's the first thing about transition, right? Like, um, it's hard. It, I mean, it's like the beginning of it yeah. is hard. Um, I feel like something I've been learning about uh, the Lord about just transition as I get a little bit older. Um, when I was younger, change was something I wanted, you know, like I was bored. I was like, I want change, you know. Um, and as I've gotten older, change has really brought with it just the sense of sadness and anticipation at the same time, mm. right? So um, the sadness of the thing you're leaving and wondering if that's going to be it forever wow. uh, because your time is getting less, right? And at the same time, anticipation of like, but God is God. He's always doing something. So I wonder what he's going to do now. Um, <clears throat> and also it just takes a toll more. It takes a toll on my body more. On like my, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't sleep. 
uh, in transition. And also, um, I don't know, it's it all kind of stress, all of it, right? Um, so we we bought a house for the first time. We've lived in parsonages, you know, which are which are houses provided to pastors by right, the church, by the church, and yeah. which are always a blessing, and always blessing, better than anything we could afford, right? Yeah, typically. And um, I mean, the, the buying the house as a whole, there's God's story. I mean, God laid out things just is amazing what He did. Um, in, in this market right now, I cannot believe we found a home, but we did. And the Lord has provided, and and it's not a perfect home, but it's beautiful, and it's ours, and it's old and rickety, and um, you know, uh, frightening, and uh, but also it creaks all the time. Like right now, we have to get uh, one of the rooms worked on, and so my wife and I are sleeping in the dining room. Yeah, uh, which means that you know, first thing in the morning, the dogs and the kids are right there in the middle of our bedroom, and when I sleep at night, I can hear every noise in the house. I did not sleep for the first few nights at all mm. because every noise I was like someone's trying to get into our house or whatever you know yeah. it's like all of my my spider dad sense and whatever was going crazy um so that so transition new space right yeah um but really one of the big things I found was uh I prayer environment so I pray every morning and um in my last ho- home I had a space that was my prayer space I was used to praying in that space, you know. Um, finding a new space in our new home was hard at first. I have mm. this, I have this garage now that really it was made in 1937, so no car today can fit in it. So yeah. it's like, so it's cool because it's, it's like perfect. My my wife is like, you can have it, you know. And, <laughs> and I'm like, great. So uh, just a little story. I mean, after like three or four days, I'm kind of the guy at home now. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of my wife and I have switched roles in a sense and um, she's amazing, you know, and I'm kind of not knowing what to do. And, and I'm there after three days of being with my kids, 24 hours straight. And Mm. I love my kids, but man, they are going. That seems like a lot. I always knew my wife was awesome. But after these, after three days, I was like, I don't know how. (laughs) Um, So they, it was like Lord of the flies. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like like, like she came home, the kids are like war paint on. Um, So uh, the third day, I'm literally sitting in a chair. The dogs are going crazy. The kids are going crazy. And I get tears in my eyes because I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to do this. And I feel, I feel the Lord be like, go into the garage. And so I was like, okay. Uh, it's like 90 degrees. I'm like, it's stuffy in there. But So I go in there. And I bring with me just this little icon that a friend of mine gave me. Mm. It's an icon of the good shepherd. It's Jesus with his sheep over his shoulders and uh and I just walk I just hang out on the wall and I just sit there and I just weep. Mm. I'm just just like I'm sad about the people I left. I'm sad about changing of roles. I'm and it's not sad like, oh this is horrible, this is the end, but it's sad like I, I don't know who I am right it's now. It's just it's like a lament. It's right? a lament, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a mourning almost. Yeah. So I'm there in the midst of all this, weeping, and it's like I feel the Lord tell me, like Invite me into this place that is unfinished. Mm. Don't wait to get everything together and then invite me. Like, I don't come when things are finished. I come when they're unfinished, right? I come into them and I finish them. Wow. I am the author and the perfecter, right? Yeah. I am the finisher. Um, and it was an amazing moment. It was like the, the Lord was like, don't, don't be afraid of being vulnerable. Let me in to the transition too. Because I had this feeling of, I've got to know everything. I've got to figure this out. And I think it's amazing how many times I have to learn that lesson, right? Like, Well, it's interesting. One of the things that I hear is I hear you tell the story and I hear you talk about your relationship with God is uh, this sense of familiarity. Yeah. Right? And, and it's clear that you've been walking with the Lord for a while. I, I imagine that there's someone listening right now who is like, I pray every day and I never hear from God. Mm, or mm, I I mm. read the Bible once a week and I never sure. hear from God. Yeah. L- let me ask you this. There's somebody who's listening right now who's who's unfinished in their internal life and internal relationship with God. Yeah. What how, how do they get to familiar? How do they get to that place where they're like, "Oh, that's the Lord. That's not just the burrito I ate the other day." How, <laughs> you know, like how do you know? How do you get to familiar with Jesus? Yes. Yes. So, um, 
I don't have a like a perfect hundred percent answer for that, but I can tell you just what uh, I've learned. I, so, because as a pastor, I feel like you fumble through this with people all the time. This is yeah. one of the big questions, right? Well, it's, I mean, it's a part of disciple making. So, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, I think what I've been learning is over the years, uh, one, it's like guess and check and failure and mess up and learning what the voice is. Just swing and, just, you know, just, yeah. Hit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's not an always like, I, I've heard all, an audible voice once or twice and, and a few times I'm not sure if it was the Lord, <laughs> if I'm honest, you know. But I, I have had, and then there are moments where it's like it, it's in your chest kind of, like yeah. there's like a sense. And then there are moments where... Um, there's a great book. Uh, oh shoot, what's the guy's name? It's called Whisper. Oh, it's really good. Mark Batterson. Yes. Um, and it's just I thought it was really insightful. Um, and he kind of covers the different ways that God talks, but the part of it is okay. You're in the Word. You're reading Scripture. You're learning from the Spirit as you read Scripture. Mm. You expect the Spirit to teach you as you read scripture, right? The Bible is not good by itself. By itself, it's just a book that people use as a weapon or whatever. It must be paired with the Spirit. The Spirit, the Spirit, because the Bible is not God, right? Right. God is alive, he's present, but he uses this word in your life, yeah? And he uses it empowered by the Spirit, and you need the Spirit, right? You need to be born again, um, born from above. If you're not, then you will try to use the word to your own ends. And so sit with that word, let the Holy Spirit teach you, and kind of just learn his voice. I don't know any other way to say it. It's just like, Tony, it's like, um, you know, it took me a little bit to realize when I pick up the phone that it's my wife on the other line. When we first started get, you know, getting together. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and she would call, and she would do this thing where she'd be like, hey, and I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know, you know, I, I, I didn't want her to know that I didn't know if it was her. Cause at this point, like the cell phones didn't say people's names or whatever. Sure, and yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't have a cell phone. You were in the hall. You were on the hallway phone. The yeah, that's hallway right. phone. yeah. 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 So, um, but eventually I got it. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I not just the timbre of her voice, but I got like the way she said hello. Mm. And, and I got also the expectations that were there as well, you know, which were great. And, and now, of course, I know her voice from a million miles away, but it's kind of like that in some ways, if that's a metaphor you can use. Yeah. Like, you just learn over time, and then, um, and then you learn what, God's, what God says. So here's something that really blew my mind, okay? And I forget the book I read this in, but um, a couple things. First of all, God will convict, but he will not condemn. Yeah. Come right? On. So there's no more condemnation in Jesus Christ, Romans 8, right? So, um, but he will convict. Now, here's, here's the other thing. If you feel guilty about something or if you feel bad or ashamed about something, con- here's what conviction is. It is intentional and specific, yeah. right? So you'll know exactly what it is. I, 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 this happens to me all the time. I feel guilty or ashamed, but it's vague. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And it's like, oh, I just feel guilty. I don't know why. I just feel it. That's not from God because conviction is... It's about growth toward him. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be with him, right? He wants you, bottom line, Mm. you know? So if he's going to convict you of something, it's for discipline. And why does he discipline people, right? Hebrews tells us is because he loves you, right? Right. (laughs) So so he's going to convict you and he's going to be specific about it so that that can be worked on and fixed. If it's vague and you're you're just walking around with a cloud of shame, a cloud of guilt, you have no reason why, but you're like, oh, God must hate me. God, no, that's not God. So, so those are some very concrete things. I think. Also, everything's going to lead to the Lord. Everything. So, if the Lord is talking to you and He's like, you know what? You're so great. You're so good. You know what you should do? You should do whatever you want. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? You should you should eat that Snickers bar. You should you know what you should do? You should you should engage that woman on uh, Facebook. Go yeah, right ahead. Oh, you yeah. Know? You know, because what's the deal? You know, whatever it is, all these little that's not the Lord. And we always think it's gonna be obvious, don't we? Yeah. We always think I will know evil, it will be Hitler. Well, a lot of people didn't know Hitler was evil, right? Right. Right away. A lot of people I mean so we have got to be just smarter and more on guard in some ways. Um, 
So, I, for instance, this thing I heard in the garage, I knew it was the Lord for, for different reasons, for a couple different reasons. One is what he was saying is, he's basically saying, you need me, mm. me, Jesus in the flesh, right? Um, the Lord of all creation, you need me. And he wasn't saying, get it together so that I can come. He was saying, I love you right now. I'm coming right now. He, was also, he also wasn't saying, um, I'm going to fix all this for you. He was saying, I'm going to come be with you, and you're going to be with me, because that's the main goal of all, all the Bible, right? Fellowship. Yeah. That's the bottom line. That's what salvation is. It's union, right, with the Lord. It's, it's continual Sabbath. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and there are many other reasons. I mean, many other things. So uh, if you, if you want to get to the sensory piece, the feeling piece, um, you just learn that over time, you know? Um, and I know there are people listening who, uh, here's the thing I've also learned about God. I'm talking a lot, but you asked, so. Hey, this is, here's the this thing. is why you're the guest. And I, I'm the host. Yeah, well, I you, want you to talk. And, I, and I'm a preacher that hasn't really had a pulpit for a while. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so here you go, man. Um, this but, is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, well good. I'm glad. <laughs> so the, the other thing um, about this is that we always want to nail down concrete ways. Yeah, like A plus B equals C. Yeah, but it's a relationship. And it's about growth. And so I promise you, as soon as you get a concrete thing here that you want to put across the entire relationship, it's going to shift. I mean, some of the things like what I told you about the, the conviction and condemning, that's concrete. That's, that's always going to be there, I believe. But it's going to look like different things throughout your relationship. Um, I don't know. You, you stay in the Word. You stay in community. Yeah. Right? You, brothers and sisters... So when I have little words like this, um, I'll share it with my wife, and she's like, yeah, yeah, that's Jesus. You know, you just know it's Jesus. And, sure. and I will add something else. You have peace hmm. when it's over, and it's real peace. When, uh, when we were praying about this transition, you know, we prayed until we had, uh, until we felt like, okay, there's, there's that real peace about this. That's only God can give that. Um, I think sometimes we're, we're like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And you got to ask, well, do you have any peace about this at all? And, um, well, well, you know, no. And it's like, okay, well then maybe down the line, but if you don't have it right now, then you got to ask why that is, Yeah. you know, maybe it's because God is speaking to you, but you don't want to hear what he has to say. I mean, I've been there a bunch of times. Amen. Yeah. So, um, I'm, uh, I mean, there's a lot more. I don't know if that helps. I hope that, that uh, no. I think that it's super helpful. Was, no, yeah. I think it's super helpful because I think a lot of us um, want it to be very clear cut when yeah. it is God and what it isn't God. Yeah. And I think what what I hear you saying is that relationships, and this has been my experience too, are never clear cut. They're yeah. they're always messy, yeah. and and th- they especially have to be messy with the God of all creation, right? Because I, you know, I'm not going to understand his part of the relationship because I would never sacrifice the way. Yeah. That he, yeah. yeah. Way, I would never be, I would never love unconditionally. Yes, that's right. I would love yeah. unconditionally. Yeah. I mean, I'm working towards it. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, this, so this is it, right? Like I've, I've been in different situations where I used to think when I was a really young Christian, how could I know God's will? Mm. And then one day I, I come upon this passage because we kind of think like, no, I can never know God's will. God's holy. I'm not. Amen. That's the truth, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, I, and then I come across Romans 12 one day, and I'm reading it. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And I'm like, wow, this passage is amazing. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God. I thought, wait, what? Paul's expectation is that I will be able to discern God's will. Yeah. That's a real that's a real thing. Like okay, well I've got to go back to the drawing board then. Cuz I just wanted to put it on cruise control and be like, well I can never know God's will. And really that's just me saying God can never really ask anything of me, you know. Yeah, God's holiness is not an excuse for my sin. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Much, much, yeah, better, you said that much better than me. Yes, that's right. Very astute. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Astute, is that the word? I don't know. Um, but uh, the, yeah, I mean, I'm reading, so I read over this passage a bunch because it reminds me that actually God expects us to discern his will. Now, at the same time, right, um, I have a fallen will, 
I have a fallen yeah. uh, uh, image, um, like Wesley says. Um, and, and so there's always going to be some, my knowledge, my understanding is always going to be slightly, like Paul says, it's going to be dim in a way, right? It's slightly darkened because I'm just human. Hmm. Um, so, but there will come a day where it's all perfectly complete. But I should, again, I shouldn't use that as an excuse to never think that God won't make things clear to me. So I do it, I don't do it alone. I do it with brothers and sisters. I do it with the word and the spirit, right? Um, yeah, can, can I ask you some questions about the Holy Spirit? Yeah, please. So, oh, well, just, yeah, you can go ahead. I don't know if I can give you answers. Yeah, I'm fair. Just... <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Well, I, I'm, and one of the things that I heard you say is that you're, you're very intentional about your including of the Holy Spirit and the way that you yeah. you encounter Scripture yeah. and your community and just uh, and again the familiarity you have with Jesus yeah. is modeled in the familiarity you have with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I think that there are a lot of us who, when they open up their Bibles or they they flip open to their U version Bible app or whatever they're using to engage Scripture, they read it and they don't hear the Holy Spirit. Right. W- what? What are your kind of um, if if you go in a season where you're not healing from hearing from the Holy Spirit? What are some of the things that you do to bust out of those dry ruts? Yeah, you know, how do you reengage the Holy Spirit, or, or how how should we be engaging the Holy yeah. Spirit? So I deal with depression, and I go through a lot of seasons where I uh, I don't want to get out of bed, mm. or I don't think that God loves me or thinks about me, or I you know, um, just very dark places. And I've definitely been in seasons where um, where I didn't think I was hearing from God. And and there have been, I mean, and I've gone through seasons where I yelled at God. I mean, I would, in, in, in sanctuaries of churches I was pastoring in, I, I would stand up and preach the gospel and it was the Lord doing it mm. because I literally had nothing. And I think every pastor could say they've done that. And I think every Christian could say they've been in those situations, right? Sure. Um, so in those moments, one, I do a couple of things. One is I'll go back to the Word, always the Word. So like I'll read Psalms out loud. Mm. I will read through them out loud. Um, I will, you know, and I'll just, uh, there was a season I went through like six or seven months where I literally go into my office and I got this idea from a Brennan Manning book. Um, and, uh, I would just set up a chair and I'd pour a cup of coffee and I'd sit there and the chair would be Jesus. And I would just cry, man. I would just talk to Jesus. And I would, I would say, I I don't know what to do with my life. I don't feel, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I just talked to him and, um, and you know, there comes a moment where you you don't want to sit and complain all the time, but he, he will take it. He's patient. Mm -hmm. Um, but having him just having that chair, just I know he's there because he tells us he's there. I'm imagining him in this chair. I'm just talking to him. And I and um I don't know. And then I just sit in silence. And you deal with the silence. You, you just keep looking back at the cross. I don't know any other way to say it because the because Jesus himself hmm. was there and didn't hear. You know, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Right? So one, you're not, you're in good company, right? Like if the Lord himself had those moments and you're like, okay, it does not mean that I am forsaken, right? Jesus was forsaken so that I would not be. And I don't know, you just, <laughs> I, you just need to keep telling yourself that, keep seeing it in the word and have other people tell you that too. And and you got to tell other people. So one thing I learned, especially dealing with depression, is one of the ways you really beat it is you love others and you pray for others. Mm. Um, because so easily you go inward. But uh, I, was, I was sitting in my office one day, uh, my last church, and, and I had been focusing on myself a lot and just, just feeling inability to do anything, you know. Um, and, and I'm looking out the window, and I just get this sense like, I should go pray with people. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that, you know. Um, and it's horrible to say, but it's like, 
I don't. I don't it's awkward. Yeah. It's it's hard. I don't feel. There's it. probably ten other things that you felt yeah. like you probably needed to do that you weren't doing. Yeah, and I, and I, I just had anxiety. And yeah. I was like, I just want to sit in my cocoon. And um, and it was like the Lord. I, I didn't hear your verbal words, but it's like the sense I had was like, look, Rob, you and I both know this is not good for you, buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's get you out. Like, and so, and so I just I forget I saw it somewhere, but so I went out. And I just took a chair out in the corner of a church and just sat there and just put a sign up that said pray. Our, the church I was at, they, they did um, prayer drive through mm. It was an amazing ministry. Um, it was awesome. They started it, and I just kind of... But so I just took the same idea, and I just started doing it like once a week. Um, just me. And, and um, people would stop by. And I'd pray for them, and, I, and we'd talk. And I'd just pray for them, and it was amazing. Um, and then I got... I was telling one of my uh, maintenance guys about it, and I was like, we came up with this day to make a bench. You know, this little idea. So they put a bench out there, just sit there. And um, I don't know. It was like I started doing that, and I started hearing more from the Lord. Mm. And here, I think here's the thing, right? I think the answer is love. Like, I think the... the if as you make yourself more open to love, to loving others, you also make yourself more open to receiving love. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like the the, the image I've always loved about this is, you can have a, a whole handful of seeds. That's great, but they are worthless unless you put them in the ground. Yeah. Right. So, if you put them in the ground, they grow. So I heard someone say it's it's the law of the gift. The you think of it as the kingdom of God, it's always backwards. So the way love grows is you give it away. That's how it grows. Hmm. Not because you hold on to it. Not because you sit in your office alone and you're like, well, this is how I protect myself. No, the, the Lord says the way that love grows in you, or the way you understand how to hear love better, or the way you understand how to receive love better and receive really the voice of the Holy Spirit better is you go out and you share what you have. And the more you do that, the more you open yourself to hearing, right? And you can see it testified all throughout the Bible. I mean, it is, that's, that's what happens. You know, when, when the disciples were in, were in Acts, you know, God, t- Jesus told them, I want you to go out to the ends of the earth. They were not going, hmm. right? And so uh, there was a persecution that came and it forced them out to go out <laughs> into the world. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that God orchestrated that persecution, but God certainly used it to get them off their butts to go out there. Um, I don't know. No, that's awesome. I, I think what I appreciate about that is that it's, um, it's, th- there seems to be this connection between love and obedience. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. and, uh, it, that really matches up like, uh, lately God has just really put on the, on my heart, like this term free me for joyful obedience. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, man. And it, it's freeing me from my own stuff. Yes. 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 Right. And yes. so I, you know, I, I find that to be a very interesting idea and yeah. the, the, the law of the gift and that, that all seems to just go really well together. I yes. think so that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I guess the question is, is, and, and this might be a little, um, specific, but yeah. what, what do you do when you feel like you don't have anything to give? Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, welcome to being a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it's always so uplifting. <laughs> I, I, know. I really think that that's, I mean, as I sit in my home with no longer a pulpit, mm-hmm. no longer a, a, a ministry of sorts. I mean, I do have a ministry to my children. I mean, that's what I'm learning. Like, I'm learning. I, I sit there, and I really, only recently, I, I'm sitting in my garage, and I'm talking to Jesus, and I'm saying, I don't know what to do. I, I, I got nowhere to put this stuff. And the Lord is like, talk to your kids, mm. you know, like. And I, I thought I was doing a good job of discipling them, but I was not. I mean, I, I mean, if I'm honest, you know, it's sure. like, I mean, I loved them. And I told them about Jesus and I prayed for them every night. We'd do the whole thing. But um, now we sit down in the morning and we go through scripture together and we spend time talking about the Bible. And it's not half an hour long. It's 10 minutes, you know, but it's more intentional. And throughout the day, I make sure I bring up Jesus in some way, shape or form um, and link him into what we're doing. Actually, um, if I can plug your podcast, 
on your on your podcast. Well, let's go. The Barna interview you did, yeah. where he talked about that with his grandson. Yeah. That was huge for me. Me too. Hearing just about like, I mean, just engaging engaging the kid. In, instead of saying, you stay here, I'm going to do this thing. And then the kid's saying, what'd you do? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Like bringing them into the life with you, that I'm learning a lot. The Lord is teaching me a lot about that. And so I think you've got to get to a place where, where you know what? John 5, John 15 says, without me, you can do nothing. Hmm. So you're right. If I want to get really, I mean, I hate to say it, but you've got nothing to give. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, and I know that sounds hard, but it's true. If it's, um, the difference, what am I trying to say? Um, <clears throat> I can give them the fruit of Rob, yeah. but the fruit of Rob is wax fruit. <laughs> right? It looks so good. You know, I mean, it takes good pictures, but you bite into it and it's disgusting. Do you know mm. what I mean? And it rots, you know? But if I have Jesus and I'm attached to the vine, um, then, then real fruit comes from that, man. Real fruit. And that fruit I can give away. And you know what? I don't have to produce it. Yeah. The Spirit produces it in me and through me. And I don't care if it's a grape or a pumpkin, you know what I mean? The size of it. But it's fruit nonetheless, and it's life-giving. And so the sooner I realize I'm weak, that's when he is strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, his grace is sufficient. So I just need to come to him each day and just say, I've got nothing. And so you fill me up. And here's what I've learned is that the Lord loves me. Like Rob and Jesus are going to create a kingdom fruit together. And Tony and Jesus are going to create a kingdom fruit together as well. It's going to be a different fruit, but it's going to be, and we're going to have two kingdom fruit. And, and we get to have our name on that fruit. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm dead serious. We get to participate. And Romans says, we get to be glorified with him. Now, I'm 100% clear. It's not that I'm looking for glory, but I get to share in his light. Yeah. That's a gift, mm. man. And I should not be ashamed of that. I should be like, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Like, I don't do this because I want that light, but I do it because I, I love him and, and he's changed my life. But then I, I get to see people changed by the gospel. Shoot, I get to preach. I get to come on this podcast and talk about Jesus. Uh, the truth is, why? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there's no, that's, um, yeah. yeah. I, we, don't, we don't deserve it, but we certainly get to bask in it. Yeah, we get to bask in it. Like, because God doesn't compete. Yeah. God's like, I'm not another thing on the shelf. I want to share. All I want to do is share and give away love so it can grow more love, you know? That's, um, I love that. And, you know, one of the things that I hear in your, the way that you talk about your relationship with God is, is you're, you're constantly learning. Yeah, all the time. You're yeah. constantly learning. And one of the reasons that we're having this conversation is because you've been learning a little bit about some themes in Scripture. Yeah. And these feel like it's all kind of tied together yeah. and what God is really... Uh, burdened you with in a good way, right? Like he's, it's on your yeah, heart all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about some of the themes that you've seen recently in scripture yeah. that God just won't let go of. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but my 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 favorite book in the Bible is Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> just just so you know, every time I talk about the Bible reading in a year plan. <laughs> I say, and you're just going to have to power through Leviticus. I know. I, know. I, I hate that book. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. I, and I, if you've never read Leviticus, it's the book of... It's the, well, how would you describe it? It's the book of law, right? Yeah, like, the, 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 well, here's how I would describe it now. But Okay, so when I first started reading the Bible, yeah, I did not... But I don't know what it was about this book. Over the years, I keep coming back to this book. And only recently, I feel like the Lord has said, I really want you to dig into this book. So... To just tell you how nerdy I've been, this morning in prayer for about an hour, I was just studying Leviticus 1.1. Oh, man. I mean, here, I'm going to share it with you. This, yeah. is cause, cause yeah. this is good. I know. This this podcast, you're losing all your viewers right now. <laughs> well, they're, well they're, you, there are no listeners. viewers. Right, right they're <laughs> listeners. This is and this is what they're here for. They're here <laughs> moments like this. Yeah. So, I mean, listen to this. The Lord summoned Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them. So that got into a little bit of verse 2. But, okay, first things first. Um, 
the Lord is speaking to Moses from the tent of meeting. Okay, now you know the tent of meeting is like the the, the dwelling place of God on earth. And, and this is part of what, so I just began to break down the tent of meeting, what's the deal there? And you, you begin to see that all of scripture is this entire journey of God wanting to dwell with his people, right? Mm. So, um, and this should not be, I mean, I don't know. I, I find this fascinating. But if you look, in, you go all the way back to Genesis 1, what you see is that it's a building project. God is building a space for himself to rest and dwell in the midst of creation with what he has created. Why? Because he loves. And what does love do? Love must create. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. has to. So um, if you, and I'm not going to get into a ton of it here, but if you look at um, ancient cosmologies, you look at all of this stuff, this idea of the the seven layers and the ziggurat and the temple and all of that, and and you see the kind of the movement of how things were built and temples were built and all of this, you'll see connections between Genesis 1 and those things. And you'll, you'll see that there is this gradual movement that God is doing to create this space or this area, or think about it like a house. He's creating rooms in these house, in this house, right? And you're creating the whole house. And eventually, day seven, which is the climax, okay? A lot of times, humans, we, uh, we're like, well, day six is the climax, is when he made, made man. It's like, no. No, day seven is the climax, Sabbath, when God rested from his labors, he sat down in his easy chair and was like, look at what I've done. Hmm. And, and he dwelled with his creation. That's the climax, right? So this moment where God and humanity are unified in Sabbath rest. If you look, now, if you look at this structure of Genesis, uh, you can take it all throughout the Bible, and you'll see it come up in different places. In the book of Exodus, um, and I'm not making this stuff up. This is just stuff I've read, stuff I've studied, and then pinpointed, and then either the Spirit led me to or someone else led me to. If you look at in, in Exodus, you look at the speeches about the building of the mm. tabernacle, okay? You'll see that there are seven major speeches of God. Each one coincides with the day of creation, and it comes at this place um, of God, of the tabernacle being built, and again, another dwelling place. And so you have the cosmos of Genesis 1, and then you have, in a sense, a, a local cosmos of the tabernacle yeah. being built, and again, a dwelling place where God, with God and his people, right? And this intimate relationship, this fellowship, mm. union with the Lord. Now look, in Genesis 1, in... Um, in the Sabbath day, it says that God sanctified it. Wow. It's the only time in Genesis where it uses a verb. It's the first time it's mentioned in the Bible, this idea of holy, sanctified. Mm. He sanctifies it. He does, the same language comes up with the tabernacle in Exodus. And um, in Genesis 3, human beings are exiled from this space. And so God wants to bring that back. And he begins to do that in Exodus. And then we get to Leviticus. And Leviticus is where we see the road back to fullness, the road back to dwelling for, for people. Mm. And as you go through it, the Lord summoned Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. That's how Leviticus begins, okay? And then we get all of these, you know, I don't want to call them rules, but really these and rituals, these, these I want to say roads or ways back into the presence of God, right? Yeah, as I hear you talking about it, it almost feels like what you're suggesting is that Leviticus, the book that I've purposely skipped over and ignored mm -hmm. and encouraged lots of people to do the same, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. forgive me, Lord, <laughs> is like a, a roadmap on how to date God? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is look, that? I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's probably a little, a little no brash, I, but I mean, it's worship, right? So yes, and that's a, that's that's if you want to call it dating God. I mean, that's yeah, because because human beings are made to worship God. That's our first thing, foremost, worship, worship, and that's the the right relationship. Leviticus. Look, if you take just the Torah, right, the first five books. What's the book in the center of the Torah? Leviticus. If you look at um, Exodus and Numbers, they mirror one another, as well as Genesis and Deuteronomy, they mirror one another. At the center is Leviticus. What is Leviticus all? It's God speaking. The whole book, 
is God's, you get a little bit of narrative here and there, but really it's the Lord spoke to Moses and said, the Lord spoke to, Mo, and it's, it's just the voice of God. What's wonderful is you see in Genesis and Exodus, you see the movement of God's people, hmm. right? Um, and then in Numbers and Deuteronomy, you see the movement of God's people. Leviticus, there's no movement, they're still. Wow. God is teaching, God is revealing, God is telling. It's right there in the center of the book, the whole thing is about how you come into the presence of the Lord. And when you get to the end of Leviticus, after they've learned how this process is supposed to work, the Lord spoke from the tent of meeting. In the beginning of Numbers, the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of meeting. Ooh. I know, right? Like, it's, it, it's all connected. It's all there. I mean, there's more. There's a ton more, and I've totally nerded out. Um, but this, no, it's good. Um, we could spend forever on, you know, just the the five offerings, the five sacrifices. We could spend forever on Leviticus 16, on the festivals, the festivals that come up. Look, Genesis uh, in Genesis one, where it talks about, you know, these lights were created for the seasons, right? Yeah. So we read that and we think, oh, winter and summer. That's what the lights are. No. The Hebrew word there for seasons, uh, it's the same word used for festival. It's the same word used for tent of meeting. It's the lights are created to tell time by these festivals of appointment of meeting the Lord. Mm. All of time turns on this. It doesn't turn on winter and summer. I mean, that helps us, but all of time is liturgical. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's liturgical in the sense that... Well, we, if all of creation was made to worship God, then that yeah. just makes sense. Yes, it's all... So now, saying all that, we realize that um, Leviticus is not the end, right? Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of this. So we don't have to wait for Sabbath on the seventh day. We can have Sabbath any moment we want because of the Lord Jesus, because he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? He is the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate offering. But we can look at Leviticus and gain wisdom from it, mm. what it says about who, who God is, his character, and what he desires of us. And while the, 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 the one sacrifice has been given once and for all, we give our sacrifice of praise. We give our sacrifice of worship, and we come into the presence of the Lord, and we see that... Um, like it says in Leviticus 6, it talks about the fire that must never die out, right? Mm -hmm. That the priests are supposed to be there continually stoking that flame time and time. Well, you got to do the same. You and I, we've got to do the same thing, except now the altar is no longer in the wilderness over here, and the dwelling place is no longer the tabernacle. The dwelling place is you and me, right? The dwelling place has now been sanctified by the blood of Christ, and the fire is within you and me, and we are priests, holy priests in a holy nation now called the church. And our job is to tend to that flame constantly. We do it through prayer, word, worship, fellowship. We continue to give sacrifices of praise uh, for what he's done in Jesus. Um, and there's more. I mean, you know. I mean, so can you take that and then make an argument that the reason that the Holy Spirit came in tongues of fire is because of that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, shoot, you... It's all connected. It's all connected, man. It's all connected. Um, and, it's all, it's, and it's all connected to you. It's, yeah, to, it's all connected to Jesus. Right. And, and then Jesus brings you into it. Right. Um, and, oh my gosh, I mean, I've just been kind of rambling here, but if I had my notes with me, there'd be more. But there's, there's this just... so good. This it, is so good. It is, the Bible is pattern after pattern of revelation. Mm. And when the Holy Spirit is at work, and I mean, the language of Scripture is in some ways symbol. I mean, it's, it's rich. It's multi-layered, right? Right. Um, and the Holy Spirit, he reveals, like he says in John, he reveals, he reminds you of what Jesus said. He, he testifies who Jesus is. He's your new advocate. He does all these things. And he he, he brings out the depths of, of all of these different symbols that are not metaphors. They're true. I mean, how do you explain when Jesus says, I am the bread of life? Mm. You think, well, that's a metaphor. Well, yeah, but no. He really is the bread of life. I don't know how to explain it, but the Eucharist has a power to it. Yeah. You know? And he is the light of the world. He is light. He actually gives light to my life. I don't know how it works, 
but he does, right? Um, he is the, the water of life. I mean, you know, it's, and why? Because he made it all, mm-hmm. you know? So, so w- when you look outside, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, I'm, and you stop me whenever. I, it's good. But it's good. when you look outside, we, the Bible is meant to interpret us and interpret the world for us, right? Yeah. So when, as we learn what the different symbolic language is throughout Scripture, and I don't mean the Bible code, that's ridiculous. I mean like, like there's real, hard and fast, concrete symbols in the Word that mean something. Um, when you see a tree out there, we are meant to think of two things. First, we are meant to think of the Lord, who is the tree of life, Yeah. right? He died on the tree, and we pick the fruit now from that tree of life, right? Um, We're also meant to see ourselves, because as the Lord goes, so we are supposed to go. Mm. So if you look at Genesis 1 again, let's go back there. If you look at Genesis 1, and you look at um, uh, the days, on the, the third day... Uh, you you get this, uh, God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together. Okay, you got that. And then um, God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation. Two things happen on that day, which is unusual. Usually it's one thing that God is doing, but here two things are happening. Now, you know that you can see days one, two, and three create like a the space in which days uh, four, five, and six will fill. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So... If you look at the mirror of day three, you get day six, right? And on day six, you see, let us make, um, oh, right before that, the earth bring forth living creatures, every kind, cattle, creeping things, all these things, God made animals, you know, da, da. and then you see um, humankind as well. And you see this mirror of, the, of these two things, the, the creatures and the humans and the things in the, the plants, plants, the trees. And you see this right away there is this connection that the writer is making between trees, plants, and human beings. Mm. And it goes all throughout Scripture. Um, God says, I will plant you, mm. right? And um, also, for, from you is going to come forth a seed, right? In the same way the vegetation is called to bring forth seed, human beings are called to bring forth seed. You know, I mean, in Psalm 1, um, who is the, the man that, that meditates on the word day and night? What's he like? A tree. Planted by streams of water, right? Wow, yeah. Um, what does the, the Lord say in uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount? He says, um, you know, you, you can tell who a person is by the, the fruit that they bear, like yeah. a tree, right? I mean, on and on and on. The scripture is telling us, I want you to see the world as I've made it. The world is meant to remind you of me, yeah? So you see a tree, think of yourself and think of me. Um, the Lord is a rock, yeah. Okay. We know he's a rock. Tell Deuteronomy all throughout. The Lord is a rock. You know who else is a rock? You and me, Peter. He's called the rock. Mm. Like we are called to be like him, right? And so when we look at rocks, stones, we should think the Lord. And I'm called to be like that, steadfast, like the Lord. All of this, it's meant to transform the way you see. Jesus says the way you understand, the way you know. You know, and those who. If you have ears to hear, eyes to see, right? So, I love it. I mean, it's it's powerful, isn't it? I feel like you're blowing people's brains right now <laughs> in, in the best way possible, in the best way possible. Well, and I should be clear, I'm not just coming up with this. I mean, this is... Sure, sure. Just, but, I mean, it's, it's study and it's it's kind of yeah. God has been revealing some things yes, to you. And yes, that's, yeah. I mean, it's really the whole reason why we're here is yeah. right? as you were talking about this. And I was like, the whole world needs to hear this. <laughs> And so part of this is because I want Rob to write a book about this. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> of which he's a little resistant, but he's prayerfully taking it under consideration. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, Rob, thank you so much for your time and your insight sure, and sure. your passion and the way that you love Jesus and follow him and for being so vulnerable and open about that. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you about some of the things that you've shared or they, you know, they, they want to underwrite your, your book experience. Uh, what's the best place for them to find you? Uh, I, should I give you my email? Uh, well, we could always put it in there. It's up to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, I don't care. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. It's, it's Rev Rob Ulmer One. That's so. It's R E V R O B U L M as in Mary mm-hmm. E R and the number one at gmail.com. And we'll link to that in the show notes, of course, as yeah, we yeah. always do. Yeah. Um, uh, you're not, you're on, uh, you're not, you're on Facebook, but you're not really on social media a ton. You're not, yeah. you're not putting out content all no, the time. I'm not, not yet. I can't no. get him to do it yet, I but know. Soon, someday I get into like every once in a while I'll do like little devotions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and, um, I know, you know what, to be honest, Tony, I didn't know how it worked until I kind of saw the way you do it. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I know that's pretty good. Like, <laughs> and I'm not just blowing well, smoke. Kind, yeah. Kind, yeah. So, uh, okay. Last question I always love to ask people. Yes, sir. You know, because you're. I've listened listen. to your podcast, yes. so I know. You know, it's an advice question, except I get to take you back to a very specific point in time. And yeah. so uh, I want to ask you what advice you would give the younger version of yourself on your very first Sunday in your very first pulpit as a lead pastor. Okay, very first Sunday, very first pulpit as a lead pastor. As the lead, as the lead guy, <laughs> you walk in and and everyone's like, "This is, this is God's church, and He's put you in charge of it." <laughs> what are you? Uh, what are you? What are you saying to your younger version of yourself? Well, the first thing I thought of when you said that was, um, "Dude, sit down and shut up." <laughs> 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 but, but um, and I said that jokingly, but also really what I mean is um, take a breath, go slow, mm. go real slow and um, wait for the Lord. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'd say just patience. It doesn't yeah. all have to happen. So just wait. And he's got it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Rob, thank you so much for being so generous today, for your time, for your commitment to to what you're doing to, to share the kingdom and we continue to pray for you in the midst of your transition thanks man i'm praying for you thanks this is awesome man i love that conversation with rob it's so life-giving and who would have thought leviticus his favorite book of the bible but i love the connections and i love the way that he sees scripture in such a complete way so thankful for his time his generosity for his gift um I, i'll tell you that Maybe shoot him a note if this conversation impacted you. It's always good to hear from people. Um, And I'm thankful for Rob and his generosity, his willingness to step out of his comfort zone. Again, friends, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, leave a rating or review on iTunes, and share this episode with a friend. That's three things that you can do that really help, uh, really help the podcast. Next week, uh, I'm excited to bring you a brand new episode, and uh, I look forward to connecting with you guys real soon. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.